Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I chat with Tiffany Renee. Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. So Tiffany is a medicine woman, a clinical herbalist, an ordained light worker, and a writer focused on helping you heal in mind, body, and spirit. She also is a Reiki practitioner. So we talked about everything from healing your body with food and how to incorporate herbs into your diet, as well as what Reiki is and how she uses energy work with her clients. So um, to be super transparent, um, actually on this episode, my, so I, my cat, I had a cat for 11 years. She actually passed away while I was interviewing Tiffany. Um, so towards the end of the interview, you can hear my voice kind of crack or cause I realized my cat unfortunately passed away. So, um, it just to be super transparent and that happened all there. And, um, if anyone has ever witnessed that or an animal, Like I kind of knew it was happening as we were going towards the end of the interview, but it was such a good interview. I just wanted to continue and, you know, my kitty was doing fine and she was right beside me and I kind of, you know, saw her, looked at her, told her it was okay. Um, And she kind of passed. And so it was a very touching moment Um, that was not obviously shown and I wasn't videotaping this so you couldn't see that, but that was happening actually throughout this, throughout the end of the interview. So um, yeah, so this interview, I hold it dear and near to my heart um, because of that. So this one is in honor of my cat, Schnoodles. So without further ado, enjoy today's show. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today I have Tiffany Renee on with me, and I'm super excited. She is someone who um, I have never had someone talk about herbalism or herbs or really in-depth about energy work. So I'm kind of excited to have you on today, Tiffany. And I believe my listeners, I've already had people super excited because they were messaging me like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Um, (laughs) Because I've kind of teased your stuff. And so I'm excited to have you on. So if you could kind of give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you kind of got interested in uh, herbalism. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so delighted to be here. Um, So my background in herbalism started in the kitchen. I was always that kid that was underfoot. Uh, when my grandmother and my mother was cooking. Um, and the answer has always been during my upbringing. It's like, if something hurts or if I don't feel well, it's, it's always, what did you eat versus what didn't you eat? And how much water did you have? And <laughs> I love so, that. Yeah. So that, that's kind of where I was always brought up with that mindset of, um, you know, like it's either what you ate or what you haven't ate that might have made you sick or given you the headache or, you know, um, that can help you heal a little bit faster, a little bit quicker. Um, so I was always raised with that type of mindset. And then um, as I was older and as I was, you know, in college and learning how to cook for myself, or should I say not cook for myself, lots <laughs> 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 of late, late nights with ramen and, you know, kind of tying that all together is um, some of my other ailments as I got into my late 20s or early 20s into my late 20s. And um, I began experiencing um, healing from a holistic standpoint. Uh, so I started as a, as a patient and uh, I had an acupuncturist and an herbalist. And when I walked into their office and they're just like, okay, same thing as, you know, what my mom and my grandmother would say, what did you eat today? What haven't you eaten today? You know, um, and that kind of opened the floodgates for me. I was just like, this is, this is amazing. Can I 
study this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a big nerd. I love details and I love to eat. So it was amazing to be able to find a field that was just like very detail oriented. Herbalism is um, so many different things about different plants and there's so many different plants out there. So it's easy to just get down the, uh, a rabbit hole, if you will, um, of information. And then on top of that, a lot of that can be incorporated into the culinary world. So mm. I'm just, I've just been having a ball. I started and I just have not looked back. Mm, I love it. And if someone's like, how do I get interested or how do I start like learning more about herbs in general, or even like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe people who are like, wow, I've never even thought about, you know, what did I eat that caused me to have this headache? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what are some tips for people who might be just wanting to get introduced to this? Yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of different, um, different avenues that you want to do. If you're, if you're a nerd like me, and you just want to study, like you, you, <laughs> you want to get down into it, there, there are a lot of different online programs um, that you can do that, that are friendly for distance learning. I know across the U.S. that there are different symposiums, and that could be fun if you're looking for a weekend or like a five-day experience where you can take in-person workshops. I know there's a New England uh, Women's Conference for Herbalism. I don't think that's the correct name, but if you if you Google that particular like set of words, you'll find it. Um, there's one down in I think I want to say Asheville, North Carolina. There's the Midwest Women's Herbal Conference. There's the Pacific Northwest. The same is true for the Southwest and mid part of the country down in I think Austin, Texas I might be lying um, but there are there are several different ways that you can start and dip your toes in if you're looking for an in-person experience um, you can also just google and find your local herbalist we are around we are um, not necessarily hiding under rocks but we, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not the best at marketing so um, <laughs> we tend to be rooted, rooted in some nice, nice spots. Um, but you know, so there, there are different options. You can do online programs. There are also different blogs that you can do. Like I am just getting the gas, uh, started under my own blog. So it, coming into my website, you'll be able to find different recipes, different ways that you can incorporate, um, culinary spices in therapeutic doses. I think that's important to recognize. So like being able to use sage for its medicinal purposes, using oregano um, and rosemary. These are all things that you can find in your grocery store, but you know, there's some guidance there um, that that I'm starting to lay out so that people who just want to try it um, as opposed to taking up a course of study, so yeah, my blog would be a good starting point. There are a couple of other blogs out there as well. So if you just look up like medicinal or therapeutic recipes, um, that's a good way to start too. Mm, I love that. Um, yeah. And that's, I actually just bought my first book. I called, it's called The Master Book of Herbalism. Yay. Yes. yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea why I wanted to buy this. I was in Salem, Massachusetts at the time. And I'm like, I am being called to buy this book. I don't know why. I don't know <laughs> if I want to study this. And then I actually did a Reiki session and, um, and then ended up doing, um, with the Reiki session, I made tea afterwards or the gal made tea for me. And I was like, wow, I think this is some of the stuff that I can learn from this book, you know? So I'm kind of excited to kind of dig into it and just understand Mm -hmm. like how she put everything together and it tastes wonderful. Um, so I think it's sometimes, you know, going back to our roots and just understanding like, I mean, this is what our grandmothers or our great grandmothers Mm -hmm. used to do all the time and just kind of tapping back into that. 
for sure. It is the grandmother's medicine. Mm. Um, and I, I think that there's so much that is oh, just overlooked because we're a culture that celebrates, you know, the, the um, immediate gratification. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, yes. And, and our current pharmaceutical standpoint offers that. And, but, you know, the downside of immediate gratification is that it doesn't necessarily treat the root um, of, of what you're doing. It just treats the symptoms or the branch, as we like to call it in East Asian medicine, you know, are you treating the root or are you treating the branch? Mm. Um, Because you can always grow more branches, right? But if you don't heal the root, then the rest of the plant isn't going to be healthy. Mm. Um, That's a perfect analogy. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So yeah, like being able to pick up and recognize those sources are calling to you and big, wonderful um, books full of information and yeah, just, just being able to recognize that it, it doesn't all taste like mud. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be delicious. Cheese, it can be delicious. Stews. Um, yeah, it, it, it can be a, a delicious journey really into having a, a healthier life. And so, yeah, I, I think that's great that you found that book. Ah. Um, so what has, what have you learned from like working with herbs? Like how has it kind of changed your life? It's changed my life in a drastic way. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> cause I was somebody who, believe it or not, I didn't like to cook for a period of time. Um, and I didn't like to take, I, I like, I wasn't a fan of tea. I was just a fan of like soda and juice. And so as I began to like delve into herbalism, I recognized that um, a lot of what I was looking for or trying to taste was the derivative of plants or the synthetic form of plants. Mm. Um, So for me, switching that, making that switch over to things that were more natural, more plant-based. And I know we're more familiar with that term when it comes to eating. So like veganism or um, vegetarianism. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you start to incorporate that as an additional practice, as opposed to just a um, just a nutritional practice, it, it 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 shifts your body into a way that it knows how to heal. Um, so for me, about four years ago, I was diagnosed with one autoimmune disorder, um, and then I was also faced with the fact that I had to go through a uterine fibroid surgery. Mm which I know, but I'm sure plenty of your listeners are either working with fibroids or have had a similar surgery, and that's mm. not a fun recovery. Mm. Um, anybody who's had a cesarean, yeah, it, it's a similar recovery time, and, oh. and it's it's not fun. So um, it, that was really a, a big shift for me um, because I had to change my diet. I had to make changes. It, I could no longer live on fried food and a, you know, a 14 hour work day and dairy and alcohol. And, you know, like it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did have to take drastic measures. Um, those of you out there, I'm not saying that everybody has to take drastic measures. It was just my case and, you know, how, how the, the point that I had gotten to health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became really clear. I did an elimination diet <laughs> and um, leading up to the surgery, um, I started to incorporate more herbalism as opposed to any hands-on therapy just because I wanted my physical body to recuperate and, and reset. Um, 
So my journey really took a turning point there because I had to put my medicine to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, you know, at that point I was, you know, not working for myself. I had three jobs and wow. <laughs> um, like I, I had to shift. I was literally forced yes take a seat (laughs) and and reevaluate what I was doing with my life and how I was showing up for myself Um, and that that was huge so that that incorporated also the the energy work that I had to I had to get real with um you know it was about being able to accept that I needed to make these changes and those changes included herbalism so that was me bumping down to a vegan diet and then slowly introducing foods back in as I healed from surgery, recognizing that I didn't tolerate the medications well. So any of the opioids or the, um, the pain, the pain medication that, you know, my surgeons and my doctors encouraged me to stay on. My body was not happy on those. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I had to make the switch. Um, So, you know, I really put that, that particular, time of my life um I put it to the test and I mean I bounced back so quick from that surgery I was back to work in three weeks still not advising it (laughs) but I was back to work in three weeks when my doctors told me I had to take four um you know and and realizing that that my recovery was because I took ownership into, you know, what had happened to my body and how I could show up afterwards. Um, Can we talk about that for a second? Because I feel like that, I think there are so many people who probably, um, you know, they're like, gosh, I know I shouldn't be having dairy, but I just can't give up the cheese or maybe it's gluten for them or Mm -hmm. maybe it's alcohol. And they're like, I just don't want to stop having you know, wine every evening. Uh-huh. Like, are there any tips or, cause I know you just went cold Turkey, but like, well, <laughs> I feel like so many people struggle with this, you know, just trying to get rid of that thing. Cause that's what they love, but their bodies mm-hmm. don't love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for me, it was one at a time. And I think that mm-hmm. also I had, I had to take a, like I was, I was forced with that. It was either my, my, you know, my health and my fertility or what I was eating. So that was a no brainer for me. I was like, I had extra motivation. Yeah. I feel like some people I've talked to have that same thing and I'm still like, yeah. but they choose the other route. They you didn't. still choose it. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's about self-love and it's also about mm-hmm. self-worth. And it's also about recognizing that even if you think that you're at a certain low, it's not too late. I think that uh, we, we also are, take, um, it's, it's a little bit of the easy way out of like, well, I'm this far gone. So what's one glass of wine every night going to do? What's mm. keeping on with the cheese and the dairy? It's really not going to do that much harm because I've already reached this point. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I want people to think about is that even if you have reached a lowest point in your life where you feel like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm already here. So what's, what's, a point in even trying there there's always a point in trying there's always a way that you can bounce back into a healthier you mm-hmm. um and when you're thinking about trying to give those things up and you're like well you know but it's just so hard and you know cheese is a big one yeah yeah <laughs> um cheese is a big one um dairy is a big one and i think that it's a lot easier to just back off you don't have to give it up you just have Mm -hmm. to back off of it. So if you're having cheese every day, try having cheese every other day or having a less amount. So either reduction in the 
portion that you're having. So if you're having a glass of wine every day, have a half a glass of wine every day and just work from there in gradual baby steps and you can start to reduce your intake of those things. You don't necessarily have to give them up. You know, um, not everybody has to give up caffeine, has to give up dairy, um, has to give up gluten. But if you feel like giving, um, eating less of those things would do you good, then eat less. And then if you notice an improvement from there, try eating even more or less and get to the point where you can skip days without dairy, skip a day without gluten and see how your body feels that way. I don't think that as humans, we're not built for going cold turkey. We're just not. <laughs> it shocks the system. Um, and so, you know, um, we think about it. I think I think the most drastic um, example is like withdrawal. You think about addictions, and then they have to go. Um, they have to go through withdrawal when they quit the drug, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's it's a mild aversion with food and things that we're used to. Our bodies are used to eating gluten or dairy or a little bit of alcohol and so you have to be kinder to yourself and on the whole spectrum so just be kinder to yourself and do it in smaller steps I like that right? yeah and it, did you instantly feel better or did it take maybe a week or two before your body kind of caught up with things it took a week or two and I was especially with sugar was my biggest one mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a sweet tooth um so I think many can relate yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was not, I was not my best self during the first week, but it also opens my eyes to like, okay, well then if I'm really taking in this much sugar, what am I actually looking for? Is it a stress reduction? Do I need to, you know, figure out the root? When you take that out, you then start to get a little bit more clarity on the route. So for me, I took out sugar and then I realized that I was tired and that I wasn't sleeping well and that I wasn't eating well. And so I was just looking for the sugar to do the quick pick me up. So then I was like, what if I try more protein? What if I drink more water? What if I switch to green tea? And it, it, it opened up all these avenues for things for me to try as opposed to just picking up a candy bar or a cupcake. Um, and, you know, it, if I was able to identify with the help of, of you know, like I, I, <laughs> I did not treat myself at that point. I was also working with um, a friend of mine who we went to school together. So she was acting as my principal herbalist during that time. And, um, you know, we work together through that because mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard to diagnose yourself. It's hard to go through that journey by yourself. That oh, puts yeah. a lot of stress on you because that's a lot of information that you're gathering. Oh, um, so I love that. Yeah. Like an accountability buddy. Yeah. So she was my accountability buddy because we were equals in the profession. And so she was like, all right, tell me where you're at. And then we'll just, we'll talk about this. We'll talk this through. Um, and so using my own methods, because I was like, it's important for me that I need to eat. I don't just need to drink the herbal formula. I also need to eat. And so that's when I really started to dive into, well, can I put these three herbs in, in with my stew, in with my soup, in with my bone broth, in with my tea? Can I brew that down with my coffee? Can I brew that down with my, you know, X, Y, and C, you name it. And I was trying to put herbs in it. And, <laughs> um, and, and that's really where I started to 
um, blend in. I, I just added it in. Um, and it, it, it's been a transformative experience. It really has. Um, so now, fast forward to um, three and a half, four years later, um, yeah, like I had was also diagnosed with a second autoimmune disorder. Um, and I'm happy to report that that original one is now in remission. And the second one is almost in remission. They're just, they're, they're baffled by my blood test. Um, (laughs) yeah, they're like, what, you know, like maybe it was a mistake. And I was like, it wasn't a mistake. It was not a diagnosis. Um, (laughs) wow. That's amazing. Yeah, That's so making that, making that shift for myself has been utterly transformative. It really has. Mm, I love that. Um, and then, you know, so besides just the herbalism, you also do a lot of energy work or Reiki, as yeah. you know, it's called, or people might have heard it. Mm-hmm. So if someone's like brand new and they're like, what, what is this Reiki? They might have seen it on the menu at like a massage <laughs> place, but they're just like, I don't know what that is. Or mm-hmm. you know, what is it a different form of massage or people who really have never um, had that experience? You know, can you tell people what it looks like and what you're doing during a Reiki session? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I practice a number of different energy work uh, modalities, Reiki being one of them. Uh, and so the easiest way for me to explain it is in two methods. Either all of you nerds out there who are Star Wars fans, the Force <laughs> is real. Um, <laughs> everything has energy. Everything has a impulse. We as human beings have an electrical, you know, like a bioelectrical impulse through our brain, through our nervous system that exists. And some people are more sensitive to that and picking up on other people's energy than um, others. So for me, I've always been kind of sensitive. Uh, these days, we, we, the, the term we're using more often is empath. Mm. Um, and whether you are sensitive to just, just things around the weather, weather patterns, you know, some people ache when the <laughs> barometers shift, and then, but, but it's the same concepts. There is science behind that medicine. We're just waiting for science to catch up a little bit so that mm-hmm. they can define it in whatever terms they want. So energy work for me is being able to kind of like a tuning fork. If you strike one tuning fork and then you bring a second one close to it, it starts to hum. And it's the same thing as a human being. Like I can, I can figure out and feel the vibrations of other people because of the way that they show up for themselves in life. Um, so in a way, I'm picking up on the vibrations, the emotions. Um, if there's if there's any strong physical feeling, I feel it like a tuning fork. You're humming at one vibration. I'm humming at my vibration. And if I'm able to hold space with you, if you're on my table, you're here for a session, I can pick up on that because you've opened yourself up to receiving a treatment from me. Um, and so that is, <laughs> that's the practical woo's explanation for it. Um, Reiki is an old Japanese system of energy work and, um, it, it, appe- it appeals to the chakras, um, my background in East Asian Chinese medicine. Um, also I open myself up to being able to, look at the meridian systems as well so energy work with me is not only the chakras and alignment um, it's also about looking at the full spectrum of the body within the chinese meridian system as well 
Um, so with that session with me is I'm taking your pulse, I'm looking at your tongue. You, those of you who have had acupuncture are probably familiar with that as well. Um, and I'm looking more towards what's going on with your internal system, organs, blood flow, chi, um, and, and whatnot. And then I'm also using Reiki, Qigong, um, the things that we were talking about earlier, the grandmother's medicine. So opening myself up to ancestral wisdom as well. So there's a couple of different sprockets that I'll pull depending on what you need from me. And from that information, I'm able to then get a better picture of what's going on for you head to toe, you know, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, whether there's a block that can connect all three if it needs to be removed. Um, and being able to provide you with guidance and wisdom that you either need, um, whether that's through just being able to talk and think through things like, okay, you have this block let's work through that. Let's work on how you can be a little more positive in this situation um, or provide clarity. And also, you know, what is it that you're eating? What is it that you're putting in your body so that you can nourish yourself so that you can wake up and feel better um, and conduct your life in a better manner? So I'm, I'm, I'm offering something that's, that's a little bit different. It's, it's not just the chakras. It's not just the meridian system. It's not just an organ, an organ system. It's all of it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that was a long winded. <laughs> no, it's definitely, it's definitely good. And typically you're not putting your hands on someone. So in case people are thinking a massage of some form. No, no, so. not. no. Um, you know, if I do put hands on, it's going to be a soft touch to like the belly. Like I want you to bring all your breath right to the center of your belly. So they know how deeply they need to breathe in. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. You know, yeah. And that's, I've only had it done. Well, I've had it done a couple of times. I had a client who was just learning and then I went mm -hmm. to an actual one again when I was in Salem and it was mm -hmm. amazing. I mean, it was so intense. I don't know what I was expecting. Like I was like, I was expecting similar to that client and she was mm -hmm. new. And so it's, it, I, I wasn't the same experience. And so though, when she put her hands on my face, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I could just feel this energy, which I had never felt like this <laughs> pulsating. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is so crazy. And so, if, I mean, I'm sure there are probably good practitioners and not so great practitioners. Like, cause that's yeah. what I was thinking after I got it done. I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. if this is like an exchange of energy, if you went to someone who was in like a bad energy or in a funk, like, yeah, could that be counterproductive to like what's going on during this, mm -hmm. you know, transaction of energy essentially? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, also about how that practitioner is able to put their stuff aside to show up for you as a client, mm -hmm. you know, because like I certainly practice when I have bad days, mm -hmm. but it's also about being able to say like, okay, that's my issue. And I'm going to leave that outside of the treatment room, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's the same thing. Like if you go to see, like, if you go to see a doctor or a yoga teacher or mm -hmm. anybody can have a bad day, but if they're able to put that aside and show up for you, that's different. And I think that's that, does, that, that does go to um, that, that really reflects on the character <laughs> of, of your practitioner, right? Because if you show up and your yoga teacher cannot seem to like shake the bad mood for 
30 to 60 minutes while teaching a yoga class, then that's somebody who you you don't want to take a yoga class from, right? That's a really good point. <laughs> it's, a, it's the same concept. Like, yeah. you know, if they're unable to keep their own selves in check long enough to do their job, then they have work to do on their own and they're not able to show up for you and help you. Mm. Um, you know, and that, that is my personal opinion. Some people are like, screw it. I could do it in a bad mood and still make you feel better than more power to them. But that's not what I want from a session. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want an angry healer. <laughs> yes. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, it, it's a journey though. So, you know, people, you never know where people are at life. And, um, when you think about that, when you think about, okay, well, I'm going to go see this person and, you know, see if I can receive that. It's the same thing. Like you're saying you received a massage and, you know, maybe they're just a novice. They haven't flexed that muscle enough. So Mm -hmm. it, it definitely does good to do your due diligence and due diligence and go and, um, and ask these people, like, you know, here's what I'm dealing with. Um, this, this is my goal for this session. Don't be afraid to ask for that because when you're doing energy work, it's not just about your physical pain or your, your one and done. Oftentimes that is a point in a journey within you and it, it helps to have the right person. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes it's good not to just get one energy work session or Reiki session go for two or three and make sure that the work gets done. And then how yeah. often should people go to Reiki if people are kind of, I, yeah, I would say maybe once a week or every other week. If okay. you're at a point where you're just wanting to do some maintenance, then that's going to look like once a month or every other month. If you feel like oh, I'm good and balanced and even, um, yeah. So, so just, just like any other, any other like therapy, therapeutic service. If you're going for maintenance, then maybe just once a month. If you feel like you have a high stress job, you're leading a, you know, a pretty quick paced life, then maybe you're going to think about um, uh, biweekly or once a week if you can. Mm-hmm. It's because that's a level of self-care that you can do for yourself. Um, and I think that it would be, it would be phenomenal if more people just showed up for themselves that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially yeah. like moms and I know that I had read mm-hmm. on your website about just differences in like postpartum, you know, mothers coming yeah. to Reiki and someone who has an autoimmune disease. I think sometimes right. that didn't even cross my mind to go to Reiki after I had mm-hmm. my son. So can you speak mm-hmm. on that and just how it can help in different facets of your life? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, my, my patient base is pretty more and more autoimmune disorder as well as um, postpartum mothers or, or fertility kind of that whole spectrum. And so for, well, let's talk about the mother for right now. Um, Whether it's trying to conceive or um, I do work with with a handful, (laughs) it comes in cycles, just like our cycle. I do work with a handful of mothers who are like overdue <laughs> and so, and, and they're trying to avoid being, um, you know, the Pitocin, they're trying yep. to avoid being induced. And so they'll yep. come to me and they're like, can we, can we like shake this out? Like, how, how do we do this? And so I think that's, that's a good starting point where, you know, I have them on the table and we're going through the chakras and I see this little bright light. <laughs> <laughs> And this baby is so cozy. <laughs> like, I'm not so leaving. Cozy. It's like, I don't want to move. I don't want to leave. It's nice and warm in here. Yeah. <laughs> and mom has me all safe. Mm. And that's the other thing, that mom has you all safe. And mom wants to keep the baby safe. And mom doesn't want to let go. Mm. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's even, even as much as, you know, you're like, I'm ready to have this child. I can't sleep. I want my body back. <laughs> um, I, you know, giant it over it and, <laughs> and, and I'm ready. I'm ready to have this child. But like, are you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? And so that so energy work session looks, looks a little bit like that. It's, it's getting there. It's making sure everything's aligned, the opening up that root chakra for what's about to happen, especially mm-hmm. for first time mothers. And mm-hmm. I take them to that place. Think about what that's going to be. Don't think about the labor so much. Yeah. Think about what it's like when that baby is on your chest mm-hmm. and, you know, energetically get to that point. I get them to think and, and, and shift their vibrations to a point where it's like, I'm holding my child. It's there. I can count their fingers. I can smell it. Their soft head. I can hear them breathing. Picture that. Mm-hmm. And you can start to see different chakras align open the meridian system starts to flow downward and out um which then engages that that chemical train right mm-hmm. um through through the hormonal through hormonal cycle of inducing their own labor i get them up and then we go through we get on that big bouncy ball um mm-hmm. i also teach middle eastern dance and, and and belly dancing so we do that on the ball i show them the hip circles mm-hmm. and we're talking about the, the ownership of their body mm-hmm. um so that the baby starts to feel just a little bit uncomfortable because mom is reclaiming that energy. She's reclaiming her body and saying, it's time for you to come out. And 85% of the time they go into labor on their own. Wow. That's Uh, awesome. And they can avoid, they can avoid the Pitocin. They can avoid the epidural if they want. Um, And, and they have, they have an easier labor than they thought they would. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that brings me to right after the birth and, you know, you are flooded with hormones, you're flooded with feelings, Mm -hmm. you have a child, you have your baby, they're here. And, you know, depending on how your labor went, you have, you're you're like decompressing in the most major way that, that you can, there's nothing else like that. And so being able to work with the mother and the baby too I'm not mm-hmm. saying like leave the baby at home bring them in or I'm coming in to do house calls and being able to talk through that birth experience um you know and again bring them back to a point of reclamation of like well now I'm here for the baby but no you're also here for yourself you're a mom you're a whole person <laughs> and uh, yeah being able to re- reclaim that you're, you're a mom you're a whole person yeah baby and so to treat that as such not just like I'm you know you're no longer just like a vessel for this child and everything's about the child it's about you too it's not about making sure that you're fed and so that's where the the therapeutic recipes come through it's about making sure that their freezer is full of quick easy broths those of you who are vegan there are mushroom-based broths that help and restore that's where our placenta encapsulation comes through and you know adding in different nourishing herbs that don't affect your breastfeeding or don't affect how you're, how, how you're, you're coming down from, from the birth event. Um, and, and also dad too, dad needs some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, probably either. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's an upended, but it, you, your world has been upended in the greatest way possible. You can plan, you can plan, you can plan as much as you want. You can have everything in set as you want, but until that baby is there, you just don't know how you're going to react, how you're going to show up for yourself. So I'm that extra, that I'm that extra added help. Um, 
and, and making sure that everybody's grounded again, rooted again, nourished again through that time period. Um, and so that's a little bit different from an autoimmune disorder because receiving a diagnosis of any kind upends your world. And it's hard to not, um, it, it, it's hard to not keep saying like, I'm a whole person and I have this thing. Uh, and it's important to, it's important to have that. It's important to remind people that you are not your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remind them that they can have a quality, a better quality of life than what their doctor may have told them. And they're like, you know what, this is going to be hard. This is going to be, well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be as hard as people are painting that picture. Mm-hmm. And then you go on and you, you hear about other people who may have, um, you know, X, Y, and Z, or, you know, and like their journey was just so hard. And oh my God, this is what I'm going to go through. This is my future. And it may not be. Mm-hmm. And so working through with autoimmune disorders, it's about taking the steps that they can take for them to show up. So it was like, what's the hardest part? And let's make it easier. What's the part that you don't enjoy as much? And let's make it easier. Let's incorporate this into, again, the same thing, more bone broths, um, being able to do a deep belly breathing, doing, doing things that reclaim the body. Okay, you may not be able to run right now because of system-wide inflammation or joint instability, but you can go through the first three poses of Tai Chi and still feel just as grounded and still get kind of a workout and still work your muscles. You know, um, you may not be able to withstand an entire yoga class, but you can definitely go through um, one or two postures with purpose and meaning and be present in that and still nourish your body and soul in that way. It's about being able to give them that ownership and keep that ownership within that process because you you just never know um, with autoimmune disorders and until you've lived with it enough, until you've had some ups and downs, you've had your flare, you've had your bounce back and know some of that unpredictability that you might deal with. Everybody's different. Um, So working with people over the course of a couple of months, just so that they can have a stronger footing on, you know, their new normal, and then we build on that so that they have an even better new normal. Mm, I love that. Yeah. A new normal. Cause that's, I mean, it's a postpartum moms is kind of the same thing. New yeah, normal. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a matter of where you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, so I want to know if people kind of want to connect with you, Tiffany, where can they find you at? So you can come to my website. That is mahoganypoint.com. Um, and so the, the, you'll see the tab there for the medicinal recipes for my blog as well. If you're looking for guidance on like what to cook and what's yummy, I, off, I often um, offer the vegan or vegetarian option along with every recipe. I think that's very important. Um, as well as options, if there are herbs, if they're not readily available to you, if you're not in a metropolitan area, I'll guide that to you as well. Um, reach out and ask me if, you know, I'll help you find somebody in your area that's close to you. If you're interested in working with somebody who's, who practices similar to me. Um, I'm also on Instagram, um, Tiffany Renee underscore URB medicine woman. So Tiffany Renee or medicine woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Facebook, you can find me at mahogany point health. Um, and yeah, I think those are, those are the three ways that you can find me the best. Um, I also offer distance 
energy work. So those of you who are not in the Chicago or Seattle area, don't, don't, don't be sad. I can, <laughs> I can still reach out to you. Um, yeah. So I think those are the three methods that you can find. Perfect. I'll put those in the show notes. As Thank well. you. Yeah. And then final question. I love to do a weekly challenge to the listeners. And then when I have guests on, I have you guys throw out a weekly challenge to everyone. So what mm. would you like that weekly challenge to be this week? I would love for people to try uh, a recipe that they've never tried before. I want you to pick a brand new recipe and get in your kitchen and try it. And not only that, while you're cooking, I want that to be the only thing you do. No music, no TV, just shut it down and be one with that process and recognize that you are doing something that literally sustains your life. I love that. Yeah. And I want you to, I want you to sit with that, make that a meditative art from start to finish. Yeah. That's my challenge for you. That's a good one. I don't yeah. know if I, oh, it's been a while since I've even done that myself. Like no distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Usually have then, music you know, on. Yeah. No, turn the music off and just, I mean, like sit, smell the ingredients, smell them as they come together. Um, and, and, you know, you don't have to be alone to do this. You can, you can have this exercise with your family or if you want to kick them out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want you to just, just focus on preparing a delicious meal, something that you just always wanted to cook or haven't cooked in a long time and have that experience. Mm. Yeah. I Slow love down it. a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Slowing down. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Tiffany. I've learned so much and I'm sure everyone listening has also learned a ton. So I really appreciate you and all of your talents and just your wisdom. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Andrea. It's just, just an absolute delight. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the Peaceful Power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.